Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Sister Hazel, and I was fangirling out on you before, Ken. And I hate to be that way because I'm trying to be cool and professional. I was telling you, I've interviewed people like Carrie Underwood, Marie Osmond, some really huge names in music who I love and adore. But you are the music that shaped my life. Like when I was in high school and college, you were the soundtrack to my existence. That's really nice to hear. Yes. And to be in that company, Marie Osmond, Carrie Underwood. (laughs) I'm jealous of their hair, but other than that, <laughs> we're in good company. And hey. I, actually, I, I broke my glasses, so I have my wife's glasses on. So, so don't make fun of me. Don't tease me. You're styling. You're styling a profile. <laughs> I'm rocking them. So how is life for you these days? In the middle of COVID, y'all just started doing drive-in shows. So that's new. I'm yeah. in Austin right now, and y'all just played a couple shows in Austin. Um, how's it going? It's going really well. Um, uh, we did a, we did two shows in Austin with Everclear, which Love. was kind of cool. For you know, uh, we're that band that can play with Everclear, or we play the Grand Ole Opry, or we play with Foo Fighters at a festival, or the Indigo Girls in Atlanta. You know, it's just been a real joy to be in a band that can kind of fall in those different directions. But to, I thought it went great. Look, for us, I grew up in Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida, Southern Big Southern Football School, and it's basically like tailgating with a concert, you know, we were in a full production, light show, the whole deal, uh, that show, we had screens and video. And think about how cool it is, you have your car, you got your space for your cooler and your chairs, your grill if you want it. Then you got another uh, space 
for social distancing. Yeah. That's like, that's like grown up rock and roll show right there. Yeah. Right. And so we had a great time that went well. And then this week coming up, uh, we're going to do Orlando. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tampa, then Gainesville, Newberry, Florida, which is our hometown. And then, uh, Orlando. And then in a couple of weeks, uh, Birmingham, Atlanta, and Charleston. Okay. Awesome. Had y'all just sort of COVID put a damper on your touring. Has it felt good to get back out there? Oh yeah. We, you know, we were, we were out, um, you know, we do a lot of events and we had this uh, fan centered events, uh, the rock boat and other things that we started, but this started a new one last year where we rented a house out in Tahoe. We had 68 fans, hazelnuts, as they say, come stay in this big mountain chalet thing with us. We were skiing and that's right when they shut everything down. And so we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get home. The airports were shutting down, shut down the, you know, the ski lodge and all that. So by the time we got home on, I think it was March 17th from flying, uh, all our gigs had been canceled through June already then. And then through the summer and the hits keep coming, the hits keep coming. So I know. You know, look, hey, I'm sure you do. And it's, it's, uh, you know, we can cry about it, but, but we're just, we're, we're like a lot of artists. What can we do? What can we do about it? So just did a big live stream. That, uh, yes. Uh, for the first time. I saw that celebrating Fortress. Is that the album that just started everything? Champagne High, All For You, Your Winter, like all of, like, is that what launched it all? Well, all For You was the record before it. Oh, had okay. All For You, had All For You and Happy and all that. But Fortress had Change Your Mind. Yes, Champagne yes, yes. High, your winner, your winner, beautiful thing. Uh, it was. It's a big fan favorite for sure. Wait, fan favorite for sure. Pretty good <laughs> so alliteration. How, how did y'all decide to do the live stream for Fortress instead of all? For, wait, so what was the first one? What was the one that just launched you guys into this stratosphere of Sister Hazel is the greatest band of all times? <laughs> um, it, it just gets reaffirmed with every record, but um, we uh, some were more familiar. And so we did a white, uh, a little white self-titled record that we made in three days, which is basically a demo. And we had sold a bunch of thousands out of the back of our car tour in the Southeast. We made Summer More Familiar. We got it on radio in about 10 cities. We were selling out rooms of about 500, um, you know, 500 to 1500 seat rooms. We do these little concentric circles away from Gainesville and College Town, Orlando, Tampa, Tallahassee, Jacksonville. Atlanta, Charleston, Auburn, Tuscaloosa, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just kept hitting them. Um, and these stations took a chance on All For You. And and it started selling. We'd already sold 30,000 out of the back of our van. No way. 30,000 out of the back of our van. And um, and then the label started calling. And so that's we signed to Universal. And that's how the rest of America met us. Dang. Um, what is Crazy, that like? Right? What is that like to have the dream to be self-motivated to be pursuing this dream on your own? You and the guys, y'all like obviously you're doing it, you're grassrootsing grassrootsing it, you're selling your CDs by yourself. But then mm-hmm. like to realize that it's working, you're getting traction, people are coming, and then to have the record labels come. Like, what does that feel like to have your dream start to work? And was it a long process for you to get there? Or did it kind of, as soon as y'all started making the music and putting it out there, did it sort of start snowballing from the beginning? Well, uh, I would say that um, what happened was I had been in bands growing up here in Gainesville, a um, little bit heavier bands, but uh, I wanted to get out of that 
because I grew up listening to artists like like Simon and Garfunkel, you know, John Denver, Crosby, Stills, Nash, all those harmonies. Um, and then I got into heavier bands, and I always liked all of that, you know, that stuff, the old, you know, sing Hank Williams and then play a Van Halen song. And so I, I was doing that, but I wanted to go do an acoustic. I, I, I was in my band. I want to go start playing acoustic. And then I saw, uh, you know, Jack Sizemore plays guitar um, uh, uh, for, um, uh, you know, Britton Cameron. He's a songwriter up there in Nashville. And Jack Sizemore plays for Jason Aldean. Oh, yeah. They were, they were, they were our buddies here in, in Gainesville. And Britton and Jack were playing, and they were just doing just harmonies and and two of them, no band. And I thought, and we were all friends, and it was like, I can't believe they're pulling it off. I mean, we're coming off of the Guns N' Roses right. 90s. And I go, I want to do more of that. So I started doing that. Uh, got a buddy, buddy, ran into Andrew, met up with him. We started playing together, and sometimes we all four get together. And we started getting a little momentum with that. That's when I wanted to start this race. So I'm like, look, I, I have all these songs I've written that I want to make. I want to see how good they can be. And I don't want to play, you know, just, you know, 75% covers and 25% originals. I want to play all, all music that I wrote. And, and, uh, and Andrew was at first like, what are you talking about, man? We're making good money. We're drinks are free. And I said, I want to make a whole band. He's like, and split the money by five people. What are you right? Crazy? But I was <laughs> like, man, I got to make it happen. And, um, and so that's what I tried to piece together was, you know, the, the lyricism, the, the harmonies of those singer songwriters, uh, with the energy of sort of the, the Southern rock bands. We grew up with Tom Petty from Gainesville, um, Leonard Skinner. Our first tour uh, ever was with the Allman Brothers. Wow. Um, and so that's part of our DNA. And so we just have this ability to kind of take these little pieces. And, and when the five of us get together, it sounds like Sister Hazel. You know what I mean? We make a noise. That yes. noise, for better or worse, is Sister Hazel. So. Did you know when you landed on it? I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. Like I just watched the Garth Brooks ones and I just watched the ZZ Top one. And it's like to come up with that signature sound. It's like when you like get it, like, cause y'all have such a sound and your voice, you have such a unique voice. I've never heard another voice like yours. When is you have- Is unique good? Unique, amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Okay, good. But good. when you, ha like, how did you know when you got it? Like when it's like, oh, that's it. Like, and what was the song? Well, All For You was the song for me. But this is a really interesting and funny story. Funny might not be the right word. <laughs> but I wrote that song in 1991. I was in these heavy bands that I've been playing in. And uh, um, an environmental trust fund was having like a competition, compilation CD. You know, you got free studio time, had about 100 entries. And the guy called me and was like, hey, man, you're, I know you're turning stuff with the band, but... I see you're playing out solo. Do you want to turn something in? Uh, and I go, well, I'm working on something right now. And he goes, well, can you come in tomorrow? It's the last day. So I said, yes. I sat in my little apartment and I had a jam box, right? It's 1991. Yeah. And I had two jam boxes and I, I finished off for you, right? I finished in about an hour and a half. And I would sing like, there's been times, kind of play on my roads, you know, all those holes. And then I'd play that cassette and hit record over here. And that would bounce over to that one. And then it would be there. And then I'd, I'd add all the third part harmonies and fourth part harmonies. And I thought, okay, there's the map. And I went in there and I made that, that demo. And I left there and I did, 
there are a lot of people that just go, you don't know what a hit song, you know what, no one knows what a hit song is. That's true that you don't know what a hit song is by how a label's going to push it or timing or whatever. But you do know, I feel like I know it's different. It's, yes. It's, it resonates differently. Yes. And if it doesn't you even feel mean, differently, it feels differently in you. Yeah. And it just not, a, it, it doesn't mean, sometimes it's not even better. It's a better song. It's just, there's that thing. And I, I drove right to my parents' house and took them out into my 1981 Camaro with the uh, Jensen triaxle speakers in the back and pulled them out there and said, get my car. I said, if I not, don't write another song, uh, I think I got one. I wow. Wow. And that was in 91. And so every time uh, Drew and I would play it out or uh, there was a couple of other songs that got a little buzz too, but, but every time we play that out, people just lit up and they'd asked for it. We, then we started touring with the band and that was kind of tape trading time. You're a little younger than me. They used to tape trade um, and we'd come into town and they'd be singing every word to it. And we'd be like, How, we haven't even been here before. Um, so we knew that we had something that if it got, or I knew, I, I don't know if everyone in the band believed that. I said, if we can get us in front of people, get it played, we'll do our part uh, by putting on a fun live show that everybody's going to leave there saying that was time, time and money well spent. And, uh, and it, and it hit. And, um, you know, between that, that record we had all for you happy and a song called concede that all charted for us. Um, it was our first platinum record. Um, we, we were, we were those kids, those college kids that went from a van and trailer for years. You know, if we sell a couple of t-shirts, we get a, a room that we yeah, all sleep yeah. in, you know, y'all sleep on the floor. Um, for years and years and, and, but we made it real. I mean, we all committed, um, we got paychecks. They were about a hundred, hundred bucks a week, $117 a week. Oh yeah. Um, after we turn in our, all our gas receipts and, uh, we'd split up driving, uh, in our van. It used to be like, um, okay, how long is this trip? Well, it's four <laughs> hours and 11 minutes. Okay. That's, you get an hour and six minutes and you get, and it was like, the they were like, we started going by, you, you do a whole tank of gas. We got a little bit smarter by that. But, you know, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, the labels came down and they said, look, they're selling tickets, selling records. Uh, obviously, they work hard. Um, it's resonating. And it's resonating at, at these radio stations. So they've grabbed us. And uh, we didn't get a chance to remake that first record. Um, we we kind of remixed all for you a little bit. Um, which kept our momentum going, but I think we always felt like, well, we made that record with our own money in two weeks and we're going up against Matchbox 20 and Third Eye Blind and Tonic and all these bands that have spent, you know, all this time and money on these things. So, so we went in to do Fortress, you know, we were doggone it. We were going to make sure it was all good, but that ride, once we got on it was just incredible. Well, and I kind of like maybe the fact that y'all didn't make remake the record and you didn't get just like thrown into the machine and have a producer come in and be like, okay, this yeah. sounds great, but let me change it and do this. Like it sort of kept intact who you guys innately were, it seems. And that I just launched right. and all for you. I mean, I don't, that has to be one of your biggest songs you've ever had, right? Yeah, it was, it was like the most played radio song period in 97 or 98 yeah and that just goes to show to me that 
when you have something and you feel it and it's magic and like you said like the song came to you i feel that it's bigger than this world like to me that's when something is bigger at play like a spiritual element gets involved with it do you feel that way we, absolutely we all hear it you hear something um you know like i mean who didn't hear like adele for the first time and go that's got something going on you yes. know what i mean like like there's things like that that just certain songs they just they have a thing and i don't think you can name it i don't think you can you know well it's the way that they blend the voice it's those are just kind of you know that's a piece of corn in the stew it's just it's just magic when it all gets together well and i think you have to have that like when you think of legendary bands they have every one of them has those songs that mark time that are bigger than the song. And like you said, they don't even have to like necessarily technically like the best song ever written, whatever that even may mean. They just yeah. have that otherworldly experience that's involved with that song. And I feel like you have to capture that as an artist in a band to catapult to the to a level of like fame and like being known and not that you're doing it for that but like it has you have to have that connection with the song that's bigger than just this human experience i feel like and i feel like if you're second guessing a song um you know from a manifesting point of view that's it's you're you're shooting yourself in the foot you really got to be part of it Yes. You know, it's got to be an extension of you. And you can't have you doubt be about like, it. Right. You've got to be like, I can't wait to play you this song. Not, hey, listen to this song. I know the, that thing in the second course is a little weird, but, but check it out. You can't do that. Yes. You, you, there's no excuses. It's just like, check this out. This is out. it. And it's like, if this you don't it. get this, then you don't get me. That's right. And it's just, let, let's part friends. But, okay, so you talk about manifesting. I'm not trying to be yeah. nosy, but I'm seeing behind you, you have this thing called your timeline, and it sounds like oh. looks like you have tons of stuff going on here. Is this a big, well, are you a big manifester? <laughs> well, my wife is a big manifester for sure. And I, I love manifesting. I, 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 I tried so. My wife is, uh, she's, I hate being married to someone smarter than me, but she <laughs> is. Um, so our kids are all in online school right now. And so she does what she calls mom school. Like, so she is, uh, that timeline is, she'll go up there and she'll go, I uh, see that? That's, that's, that's about how long everyone's, you guys are going to live. And you're right here. You're all worried about what's going on here. But what you do between here and here sets up how you're going to be free all through here. And she just, she oh just puts gosh. everything in perspective. And like over here, I can't see from here. but it's That like, is such good know, parenting advice. Yeah, she's great. You should talk to her one day. She's Actually, got, that's look, 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 wonderful. I'm sitting at her desk. I'm sitting at her desk. Let's see. Um, uh, safety, ways to exercise, my exercise plan. Can you see? Uh -huh. And like, um, uh, let's, let's see what's something right here. Top test taking skills. <laughs> and she's working on that with our kids. And so she calls it mom school. And, wow. and, um, and all my kids are doing great. And so we got like my my nieces and nephews and, and they'll they'll tune in on like this like top 10 homework habits what are they um study at the same time every day study in the same productive spot do the hardest thing first yes study each day and study a little each day instead of cramming uh review your notes do all your homework uh get rid of distractions use your weekends for review uh use your study time to actually study 
I'm not good at any of that. <laughs> and the most important one to me is ask for help when you need it. Wow. You know? And then top 10 study fails, cramming, okay. multitasking, staying up late, skipping breakfast, missing class, unproductive environment, not taking notes, uh, socializing during study group. That's hard, right? Yeah. Um, not using available help and listening. She's, she, we have an argument in the house about listening to music with lyrics while you're studying. Okay, what does she say? Like Don't? She says, no, if you listen to classical or, or, mu or just music, music without a, a, a line that your head, brain's trying to follow, okay. it's fine. But if there are lyrics going on, the science says, that's what she'll say. So, so who is your wife? How does she know all this stuff? Because I, I was terrible at school. I just had a daughter who's one year old. And like now that everything's gone virtual, I'm like, all these yeah. people are homeschooling. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I was so bad at school. How does she know yeah. how to do all this? And that your timeline for your life to put in perspective, like don't get so caught up in right. this the tiny whole, section. That's right. Because here's your full right. life. And like what's that's happening right. right now is nothing compared to the rest of your life. That's exactly right. And and if it's a huge problem now, it's not going to be then. But you have a chance to set up the whole rest of your life by, you know, look, if you're going to smoke weed, don't do it here. Wait till you're a little <laughs> on your brain. You know, we're not going to tell you never do that. But get to a place when your brain's finished. Yes. Yes. Wait till, oh your, wait till your brain is done. Yes. You know, don't, go black, don't go blackout drink. You know what I mean? Your brain yes. is trying to, trying to make a human. Yes. Um, so she's real good about all that. And, and my kids, you know, look, my kids, like everybody's kids, they roll their eyes. Um, and, but we try to have fun and she's dedicated. She's dedicated her life to helping kids and running, running little workshops for especially tweens and teens. Um, uh, just have, it's hard to navigate stuff, you know? And so she's, this is a book she's putting together right here. Well, I'm going to buy I, it. I, I, I'm going to okay, buy well, it. Good. You should have her on one day. You'd love her. I would love to. I would absolutely love to have her on. This would be so fascinating to talk about. And she also has the perspective of being married to a musician. So how oh, yeah. is, how do you work marriage and parenting while being on the road? Like, how do you navigate all that? Because that's a lot of factors at play. Well, out of sight, out of mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Everybody in our band um, has known uh, from day one, that family comes first. So if any of us come in and go, I got to block that off, you know, if we have a little time, if I got to block that off, uh, it used to be a little bit, but, but now it's like, you're blocked up, go do it. Um, even if we have to sub someone out sometimes to do something, um, you know, we, as long as you've been, a, if you've been as long a band as we have been, you're going to have, you know, somebody gets sick, you're going to have big life events, um, uh, you're going to have you know, all kinds of curveballs that come in. And so uh, family comes first. And so we all step in like that. I think all of us are very uh, invested dads. So for me, when I get home, I mean, I'm, I'm taking trash, taking the kids to school, you know, making dinner, going to the grocery store. Uh, and I'm in the same town I grew up in. It says like, Hey, Hey, <laughs> you know, but um, we all, all of our kids are doing really well. And all of them like each other, which is kind of cool. Um, and all of the wives, um, it's a little bit easier now because when they were little, that's, you know, that's really tough. I have three kids. Um, and at one point they were all under five, you know, and it's like one's barely moving and one's mobile and mindless, like, you know, licking a light socket or, <laughs> or whatever. And the older ones, you know, come back. So, um, 
I would get home and I would try to do as much as I can. Now, Tracy might tell you I still didn't do enough, but <laughs> I know that I tried. I, I'd straighten my halo and dust off my cape and come charging in. <clears throat> but, uh, but it was harder, I think, on us than the other guys because at first, I was the first one to get married. I was the first one to have a kid. And I'd be like, hey, I, I can't stay out, you know, 31 days in a row without getting, you know what I mean? Like, we got to. And they're like, why? I go, you will understand why. But and so Tracy finally made a couple rules uh, talking to our manager. So we're all family, really. Like, look, he, uh, let's try to manage 17 or 18 days a month, okay? And then we ended up whittling that back down. I think at some point it got to, I think it got to 14 uh, at some point. But then we started figuring out how to split it out. And we started making more money doing less shows. Wow. Which was really weird because – because we were so used to always saying, um, you can book Sister Hazel anytime. I mean, they'll play. They'll play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you grow, when you come out of a scene like we did, and you have to take every opportunity, you're programmed that way, right? Yes. And so when we all of a sudden said, we're not available here or there, all of a sudden, the, our, our rate went up a little bit. And interesting. People went, Isn't that interesting? Yes. I, I, we were all kind of chicken. So we, were fi- we found the sweet spot. Uh, we, we do between, on a big year, 120 dates, slow year, maybe 90, but we spread them out. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we figured out how to do it. Man, that is awesome. And that's, I, I feel like sustainability and balance and you really, you really can have it all. You have to, I'm sure you, it's a, it's a, le- a long winding road to figure out that yeah. Like as you're calling things like the, the special sauce or the sweet spot or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like, you know, it probably takes a while to figure it out, but once For you sure. do, then it's like, okay, you can truly wait. You say finally I figured out, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you, yes. you should write a hit song about that, <laughs> but truly once you find yeah. it, you can really live a life and kind of, do it all and have it all and not have to necessarily sacrifice. I'm sure there was a period where you did feel like you were sacrificing though. Yeah. And it's hard. It was really hard on the wives. Um, and you had to learn, we had to learn how to say no. Yeah. Um, that's tough. That's hard for it anybody. Is really, it is really, really hard. Um, um, I mean, unless you came off a, you just win on one of those shows and you win and you have done all kinds of great stuff, but it's, it is different when you've worked for every single show bar, club festival gig you've ever had uh to say no or tv mm-hmm. oh my god if tv wants you you're like i can't pass this up <laughs> no you know so uh it's different than so you have the two worlds though you've got you've got your family which all of us are very much on the same page with and then you have your family the bu- guys on the bus you know you got the band and you got your crew and um we've been touring with a lot of the same guys for 15 years um and as a band, as we're making records and stuff, people are like, how did you guys, how have you not killed each other? And really? How, you, how? Well, I think at first, at first we almost did. Yeah. Um, at first it was like, okay, who's going to stand where in the picture? And Right, you know, right. Um, right. And, and that's recoupable. Don't eat that California roll. Or, you know what I mean? Like, um, and uh, then you get in the studio and it's like, are we going to play the tambourine in the pre-chorus and the chorus or just the chorus? Ah, you get a big fight about something ridiculous like that or, or set list. And we just learned one day, it was just like, boom. If it's not going to, if it's not going to matter in six months, never mind 
six days or six hours, let it go. Let How it go. How did y'all all get to that point though? Because to get all of you guys to get to that awakening, how did y'all, especially when before you were kind of duking it out, how did y'all get to that point where you're like, we're going to change our mental mentality about this? Like, how did you all uh, agree to do that? When you said that, what came to mind immediately was uh, when I got sober. Because <clears> when <throat> I got sober, everybody dialed things back. It wasn't like I was a, you know, they were a bunch of sober kids sitting around watching dad come on the bus hall. Uh, but that really gave all of us an opportunity to take a hard look at what we were doing. And if you've ever been around groups of people uh, drinking a lot and playing music, you can have, you can have some misunderstandings and, you know, emotions aren't always in check. And um, at that point, I think we started talking to each other a little differently. Um, we, we didn't get into some of the uh, arguments that never would have even happened if mm -hmm. people weren't drinking or doing whatever. Um, and then I think, um, I think the notion that we believed we were all in it for the long haul, mm. that Sister Hazel was the mothership and, and everything else besides our families, every other project or friend or whatever, jam session or studio, whatever it is, everything feeds back to that. And once we believed that we were all really uh committed to that uh it let everybody kind of be and the other thing i know i'm talking a lot but I, that's um, I'm i want to hear everything you have to say okay so I, I think and this can't happen right away i think it's something that happens with time but like on our first two records um i wrote every song right third record i wrote almost every song except for one or two um and and, you know, we, we got in some frustrating conversations about, about um, you know, uh, uh, royalties and how we're going to do that. And eventually, we just said, we're just going to split all this. Now, I, I wasn't thrilled with that in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, I knew yeah. I had a hit right there. Um, and I kind of expected somebody to maybe go, you know, and, and I think they've learned since then that, wow, that was a pretty nice thing to have done back then. That's a so big, I, that's a big thing to do. That's a big deal, right? Yeah, um, I'd say. So, so, in, so in that, in that, uh, arena, everybody felt ownership. They felt, um, some equality, right? Um, and then when we started to go in and record songs, um, I started to get more trust in what they were bringing to the table. So instead of me coming in and going, you know, here's, happy and you know we're going to hit it like that and then you're going to play i need you to play this groove and i'm just kind of going i didn't get in a band and, you know what i mean yeah um yeah. we kind of we sit around and let everybody do their thing and then once you let everybody do their thing they feel such ownership in the song and everybody's more excited they're all like wow that's what i thought of that part and i right there where we did that you know that that the crash grab or little stuff like that. And then there's this real investment and it, it helps you to grow. Because for me, if I'm writing everything, you know, forcing the producer to do things a certain way, um, it's going to be me all the time. But they all became really good writers. 
and really but good you players. gave them the opportunity to instead yeah. of you instead of you holding it so tightly how did you know that you could trust them with it obviously you're in a band with them you've committed to them but how did what was the moment where you're like i have to trust them and just let them fly with this too even though it's you come in with your vision your baby but you're like i'm going to share this we're going to do this as a group like how do you get there yeah. that's hard to do there were a couple of things um uh, our lead guitar player ryan newell is a remarkable museum, museum, musician. <laughs> and um, he was really trying to do this thing that I did not have in my head. It was so different. And finally, I just said, all right, man, just do it like that. Just do it. And I was kind of mad about it that I get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it went to mixed record and the record came back. And I went, oh my God, he was right. He was right. And then, then you start going, well, where else might he have been right? And it's, it's better than what I wanted it to be. So then as people start doing that and they, they feel confident that they can bring things, they want to bring in the best things, um, it really started working. And then what we'd start doing is, as more people wrote, is we'd go, look, if you bring in a song, it's our job to serve that song. Mm. You tell us what, what you are hearing, what you want, and we will either serve your vision and try to get you where you want to go, or we will serve what we all collectively hear in this this song. Dang, y'all dropped the egos. Yeah, that, check the check the egos at the door. And but you did that's it. All. But it's you hard, did but it. You, you did it. Got to check your egos at the door. And uh, it, that that can't happen in a first year of being a band. Or you got to learn to trust each other. And the other thing is that when you're in a band for this many years, like I said somebody's going to be on their back, right? Someone's going to have a health issue. Uh, someone's going to have a, a substance issue. Somebody's going to be going through a relationship issue, uh, you know, on and on. And with the same stuff, we're no different than the other family. But what we've been able to do is every time that's happened to somebody, it's given the rest of us an opportunity to really be there for them and be a brother. So it's leveled the playing field in the sense that we've all needed We've all need a little help sometimes from each other, and we've been there for each other. Dang. Wow. That's pretty powerful. How uh, we'll, also, you... we'll also rag each other endlessly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what dudes do. Like, it's we laugh and laugh and laugh a lot in our camp, but we just, we're dudes. We just rag each other hard. You got you to. You got to take it. Yeah. yeah. You got this is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. How did you know it was time to get sober? That's a very humbling uh, realization, and it's a huge life change, especially when you are in a, a, you're a musician, you're in a band, there's alcohol everywhere. Everywhere. It's part of the lifestyle. I mean, there's always yeah. entertainment going on. There's always, it's always a party. Like, how did you know that, like, this is not just a good time anymore? This is, I have a problem and I need to change. And I love that you are vocal about speaking about this. I think it's amazing that you share your story in this way. Well, I haven't really, thank you. And I, I haven't really thought about how to share this. So I'm just going to vomit out my story here. Perfect. I love it. Um, I think that we all have maybe some traumas in our life and different things. Um, the one in my younger life that was really difficult for me to come to terms with was when I was 16, my younger brother was 14. He was diagnosed with cancer. He and I were, I mean, we were as close as you get. And uh, we fought that together as a family uh, for four and a half years. And, you know, big ups, serious downs. And when he died, um, you know, I was 19, just turning 20 or something. I was crushed. I mean, I was devastated. And I didn't know what to do with that. Um, that energy, I was still going back and working with some of the kids that I met there. And I just didn't know. It's like when you plan a wedding and then we do all this and do all this and you have a wedding and then the next day I'm done, right? He passed away. And it's like, what do I do with myself now? I don't even know. And how can this world even be here with him not being here? And, and you know, there's we all look to God perhaps and um, or higher power of your choice, whatever it is that you're praying to and pleading with and bargaining with. And when that doesn't work out, and I, I'll be honest, I had, I was really mad at God. How could, you, at, how could you even believe in God probably for a while? Like to, it for him to, a, it, it, well, yeah. You know how I knew I believed in him? How? I was pissed off at him. 
Uh, okay. It's like, you know what I mean? Like my belief in him was that, yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. In all honesty, it's like, like, how could um, you do this? Yes. How could you? And then, and then, um, you know, trust me, trust you, you know, so I, I had a lot of baggage with that. Um, dealing with some of that as the bands were getting bigger and that trauma, you know, kept, keeps coming up. Um, originally, you know, the, did you try to just sort of push it down the pain? Of oh it? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, at first it got really bad. Then I tried to push it down and I just knew it was always right here. Uh-huh, it was right. always right in my throat, just right in my throat. Wow. And, and it was, to this day, I mean, it's still it's still a, a brutal loss for me. Every day, at some point, I get hit with with a wave of it. But um, there's that. Then there's the stress. And I don't want to be the the whiny uh, rock star guy who goes, "Yeah, my life is so hard. My life was my life was great. I I I was in a band with guys I liked. We got a big record deal. We hit with that record. We had a great follow up to that record. We we're building a base of people that resonated with what we were doing." And we're uh, there for the long haul, um, but with some of that comes pressure. You know, you, get for, you have money for the first time. Pressure within the band for Elba. Pressure to follow up a song like "All for You." Oh man, because um, it's almost like it's almost it's amazing to have that song, but to have it right out of the gate, then to feel like, how am I? ever gonna get another all for you because here you come oh, with yeah. it and now everyone's expecting every song to be like yeah. that it, that has to yeah. but i mean luck for you you were able to follow it up your champagne high you have your winner you have so many so you did it you actually did it but is the stress of that so Ooh. unreal it was it was because i'd say a lot of people this wasn't really the case for me but um a lot of people, their first record, they've been writing their whole life. Yes, 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 yes. They've been you know all I mean? this then, time to write they got All their good songs are right there. And then then what? You go to your next record and you're starting from scratch. Uh-huh. Um, and so we definitely, you know, we always write. And so every record after Fortress, we had about 60 songs that we'd write uh, that we'd go through and kind of pick. But I want to circle back to the sobriety thing. Um, it just got out of hand, like on the road. Um, I wasn't a, I, I, I grew up with a bunch of friends that we, we didn't, we didn't miss a party. Um, we got involved in, um, other kinds of party favors as well. It was probably a good thing. The other guys in my band didn't do that stuff. Um, because that slowed it down for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, in that gap between, uh, the end of somewhere more familiar and fortress, um, things kind of started to come off the off off started to come off the rails there and then at the end of fortress it was just a, i was a hot mess and and was it a mix tw- of the of the fame rising as well because all of a sudden now well, you're like at the top of your game and have all this access to stuff well it's definitely access but but i have access to it now and i don't need it you know what i mean right it's like when you're that when you're like that you you walk in a room and you know exactly where to go mm-hmm. you look around the room once and i go ah i'll go over there yeah, know how that works, and but you know you do have, you know you got your vodka bottles, and we drink a lot of Jaeger, which is a whole other thing. But you know the guys, I started getting the you need to pull it together, tighten up, um, that kind of thing, and you know I miss my wife a lot at that time, and um, and my I had a new son at home, and I hated leaving him, um, so it was just a lot of mix, mixed up emotions, you know, 
I'm, I'm not whining about it. I'm just laying it out there. Exactly. But, um, I went to, they took us up to sing. It was, it was a band called, um, called Tonic was there and um, Little Black Backpack. Who sang that song? Um, anyway, another band, us, and one of the record company guys took us to play for this elementary school. <laughs> and I had somehow gotten a bottle backstage. And I'm like slamming this bottle of Crown and making everybody drink. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And the last thing I remember was getting shoved in a limousine with a, a limousine with it. It's so cliche, right? With a <laughs> bottle of, of, of uh, Crown Royal trying to go find painkillers. It's like, well, you know. It's so straight out of a Hollywood out. rock and roll movie. Uh, right. I got out and, and apparently that weekend as I was still off and running, my manager, my wife, the band guys all said, we got we to gotta do something. So by the time I got home, I heard my wife on the phone something like, something something by the sea and i was like that sounds weird <laughs> that sounds like a place maybe what are you doing um and she goes hey let's go over to lynn's house and i got intervened by him went i had i had my you know longtime high school friends i had my wife i had my whole band crew management and they just said hey man we don't want you to die and and we don't, you're not the best guy you can be. And I knew they were right, mm. which really is hard. It's hard to know they're right. Um, there was a show called Happy Days. I don't know if you ever know that. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Fonz, he, he couldn't say he was wrong. He'd always be like, I was, I was, you could do That's kind of how, you know, I was wrong, but. Uh, I went away and I went down to South Florida for a little over a month. Um, hated it. Bombs kept going off while I was. Oh, this is the war- this is the worst part. This is where everyone watching this is going to hate me. But please know that we made it through this and we're we're married 24 years now. Um, my wife was pregnant with our second, our daughter, and she drove me down to uh, uh, West Palm Beach for this rehab center. And she was driving home and the car broke down on the middle of the interstate. She can't reach me there. She's pregnant. Oh man. And I can't reach her. It was like nothing was going well. You know what I mean? So I knew I couldn't run, which some people had done. And I would do that because we're the only place I would want, I want to go was home. Um, she goes, look, you're not coming home until, um, you do the hard work. Wow. You do the hard work. And so I did that. Looking back, it was incredibly important that I did that and went through that. And I managed to stay uh, sober for almost 17 years, almost. And then I did have a relapse in the last, I think it was a little over a year now, um, which we'll talk about again. I'll circle back around to that. But I'm back in, back in the game, and we nipped it in the bud pretty quick. But, you know, it allowed me to create um, – I wasn't creating any new problems when I got in sobriety. I had to kind of learn about myself. I had, to, I, I had to take care of the issues that I had created between me and other people. Um, I had to, you know – Did you have to dive into your pain? Oh man, there's no way around it. You gotta go through it. 
So you finally like you had to like dive headfirst into your your trauma too. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, that was not fun. But um, but neither is chronic pain. Like it's like. Were you having? Because uh, you said it was in your throat, and you keep grabbing your throat when you're talking about this. Yeah, I, was it affecting your voice, your singing voice? Was it affecting well, it's you? It's funny. It's funny you say that because. Um, a little bit, I would get sort of tension stuff in there. But what happened a few years ago, um, we went down to Honduras and we adopted this village and we got all these kids sponsored. They lived on the bottom of a, of a garbage dump. I mean, it was incredible. Um, and we built a feeding center for them and we built the water treatment thing for them. And on the way home, I got really sick, like really, really ill. Chest, uh, respiratory stuff. They couldn't figure out what it was. Turned out, uh, it took me to Mayo Clinic. I had three superbugs, uh, MRSA, Klebsiella pseudomonas, all in my lungs. And from coughing, I hemorrhaged my larynx. Now, for me, that's like, you know, that's my, that's my hammer. That's my, that's my saw. And so... I tried to push through and in pushing through, I developed some neurological stuff. You can hear it a little bit. And I'm just getting through it now. It's taken years uh, to kind of work back through that. Um, where, it, you know, it, it's, it's been hard. It's been hard. Um, it's like taking away someone's superpower and your confidence and your, uh, I even told my wife earlier, I go, man, I can't wait to talk to her, but I hope my voice works. Sometimes it just doesn't want to work. So that's um, how, how that's been traumatic. I, I feel traumatic. that is traumatic. And I feel though, like what you've definitely you, like, like going into sobriety, dealing with your pain, having this happen to your voice. Like you've had some major, like you said, you don't want to be a whining musician complaining because obviously we're all super fans of you and you have Absolutely. a great career and a great life, but you have some real stuff that you've had to deal with. How do you deal with, having your instrument, your, um, your moneymaker, your identity, your livelihood yeah. now being threatened and all that, like, what does that do to you on top of like, you know, so this, dealing with the sobriety and all that, like, how do you manage that? That's heavy, That's really hard and scary. You nailed it. I mean, I, I tried to manage it uh, for the first couple of years. Um, and then I got to a point where, I knew if I could just get out of the way, like if I could get my tension and my whatever the glitches that's going on out of the way. And that's when I thought, well, my drink will help that. Uh-huh. So that's kind of what led back to if you could Got just me. relax a little bit. Yeah, and if have I could get out of the way and not uh, overthink it. And um, so, yeah, and it would, it would help. It, um, so it was telling me um, it was a fix, but it was also – it also told me that it's, it's not as bad as I think it is. If I can do it when I'm out of the way better, I should be able to do it without, you know what I mean? Mm. So it did kind of take me down a little bit because once you, you don't want to wake that beast up again. Right. He does not forget. <laughs> you know, he's over there. As they say, he's over there in the corner doing push-ups, waiting for you to call him in, call him into the game. Um, how did but you know I, that? Like, how did you know you couldn't even like just lightly play around with it? Like, how did you know? Because you said you nipped it in the bud. Well, I I'd be lying if I said I nipped it in the bud. I I 
I was drinking. Uh, we did the rock boat, you know, mm-hmm. started this thing called the rock boat, which we'll, let's talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I was, I was doing a thing with Andrew and uh, he said, man, were you drinking last night? I was like, no. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, man, I wasn't drinking. And um, I typically just drink Red Bull or whatever. It's not healthy for you, but I'm not drinking booze. Anyway, <laughs> it got done with that night, this next night. And he, he was mad. I go, why are you mad, man? We had a great show. He goes, because you're drinking, man. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I grabbed your Red Bull can and it's full of straight Jack Daniels. And I'm like, because uh, there's, no, there's no hiding it anymore. You know what I mean? And Andrew will go right. Andrew has known my wife longer than I've known my wife. So they're tight and he's, he's not going to let me try to dupe anybody. It's like, look, you got to talk to her and you got to talk to Tim, our manager. And I'm just not letting you out of it. So we got to make a plan. So I did that. I did it one other time um, or a couple other times, weekend, three weekends. No, I'm just kidding. Was it <laughs> and, probably uh, like, what did it feel well, it like? That so here's sweet, the, here's yeah. The, here's the, here's the, here's where it wound up. The, the last time so we're in um yeah so it went from that to me hiding drinks in my backpack yeah um getting some pills um anti-anxiety pills or painkillers and you know being a sober guy on the bus for a lot of years they know what you're like well we have played a show in seattle i guess last summer not just last summer one before and uh there was a hot dog guy out front after the show and I had ordered two hot dogs and I never do that. And I open the door and I walk in and they're all looking at me and I'm like, what's up? And I go sit down, I'm holding two hot dogs. And I think I ate them both and, and the TV was on up in the front lounge. And, and I hear Andrew come, go, Hey man, wake up. I go, I'm not sleeping. He goes, you're not sleeping. I'm watching TV. He goes, man, you're not watching TV. You're sleeping. Go to your bunk. So I went to my bunk and the next morning about uh, eight o'clock, we were in Portland and he opened the blind and said, get your ass to a meeting. And I did got my ass to a meeting and wow. got back to Gainesville, got back with my sponsor. Came, he got hooked me up with a didn't new sponsor. And um, but look to all the folks out there that are, are want to go out on a, on a couple of missions. It, it's, it's not worth it. it. It's just not worth it. It's really hard to come back for, for me, it was hard uh, First of all, because it just woke that beast up a little bit. I'm talking after 17 years. Truly. It it, it's not like you go back and you can work your way back up. You're a pro, man. It's, yeah. You're a pro. And, and but I, I felt really embarrassed that I had been looked up to by a lot of people, um, that I had put my sobriety out there, and I was going to have to come back in and, you know, the, the, the 19-year-old uh, college cheerleader that came into the meeting is three days sober and she's got more sobriety than I do. That was humbling. You know what I mean? Um, so I got right back in it and with, you know, nobody, nobody judged me. All that judgment was me. Um, everybody was just glad you make it back. Cause a lot of people don't make it back. And, um, and I've been able to make progress with my voice now that I, I, now that that's not an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and that makes sense because finally some, your sobriety was so important to you that you were going to stick with it no matter what until 
now all of a sudden what's even maybe feels more important your voice is now feeling oh, yeah. threatened and so it's like what yeah. you got to do in your mind it's like you've got to do whatever you can to get your voice yeah. back i can see why your brain works this way and how it can happen you know absolutely but now that you know like it like you said the beast is waiting it's not yeah. a, it's not a gradual thing but you know what ken here's what i think i think for you to to relapse and then to come back and say, here I am, I'm back at the starting point. I'm putting this out there. Yes, it is humbling. Yes, I am a little embarrassed about it. But you know what? Who hasn't had moments in their life where they're like, oh, I hate that I'm right here. I hate that this is happening. I wish this wasn't this way. But to be able to say it and man up and own it, that to me is the most um, impressive trait a human can have because so many people do not want to own stuff. They want to like avoid it. Yeah. They want to sweep it under the rug. They want to act like nothing's wrong, but we all, we all have moments like that. And I think that that is the most beautiful thing about human beings when they can actually be like you and be like, okay, it happened. Here I am. I'm still an awesome person and I'm, I'm getting back on track the way I want to. And that's, I think that that is more inspiring to people than anything because we're all or, needing or people like if, that. Or even if you're, you're coming and you're saying, I'm a broken person right now, you're going, that's where the people can connect to you. Yes. Because they can feel it. So, uh, you know, I tell um, some people who are very close to me, I'm like, you, when you're being vulnerable, we can access you. Yes. But when you have your walls up. Yes you're not only unaccessible, you're making us mad. Yes. You know, you're you're yes. pushing us away and, and that's not what you want. So, um, yeah, I'm not afraid to get in there and roll up my sleeves and talk about um, the stuff, but. But I mean, that's a big deal. And that, that is uh, so impactful to so many people because it's a lot, this is a life threatening thing. I mean, a, a lot of people, like you said, don't, get on the other side of it and don't get to the place where they have people looking out for them who can help them like you did or yeah. knowing themselves and like have a moment where they're like, I got to get help. I think that you speaking up and being someone who is such an influential person and saying like, listen, it can happen to anybody happen to me, but like get help, help yourself and don't be ashamed yeah. of it and be vulnerable because vulnerable, being vulnerable that you, ha that just, that's the key to life or else you slowly die because you just really try to be hard. so strong. It really is hard, um, especially for guys, I think, in a lot of yeah, ways. But yeah. to ask for help. Yes. I need help. Um, but, I mean, I have a daughter. It's not for drinking, but she doesn't like to ask for help for one of them. She doesn't like to ask for help for anything. She thinks it said something about her. You're not better than me. You know, I, she's got the thing. But I'm like, look, what is it? Uh, um, uh, the guy that wrote Hallelujah, and he, and he has a, that thing he says. Is it Jeff Buckley? <laughs> Not Buckley. It's the guy that actually wrote it. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Leonard Leonard Cohen. Oh yeah. yeah. And he wrote, and it says, uh, you know, something about the crack. Well, that's where the that's the way the light gets in, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's this Japanese art where they take these ceramic bowls yes. and they break them and they fix them with glass, and the broken parts are what makes it so beautiful. It's awesome. I, I'm uh, uh, I am I I feel that. Yes. You know, I feel that. And so, I, I think that just um, being that way that you are and letting yourself be vulnerable and allowing other people to connect to you on that very deep personal level, mm -hmm. that that's what life's about. I mean, that's yeah, the connection. I agree. 
I agree. That is where life is. That's where the, that's where the energy is. That's where the good stuff happens. And, um, it, it, the, the braver people are to allow themselves to get to that point, either, either in vulnerability or in being there for somebody. That's just, that's just, it's mad. That's the magic. That's the magic. That's the magic. That's the magic. And I just keep thinking like 2020 has been just a freaking, <laughs> what a year for everyone. You know, and if anything it's taught me, it's like, what are we all trying to be so put together for? Like, what I are agree. we all trying to hold it all together and act like everything is not, it's flawless. It's flawed. Everything's flawed. We're humans. Oh, this yeah. world is broken. We are, it's a fallen mm -hmm. world. Like there's all sorts of stuff that's just never going to be perfect. So why would we yeah. even try? Why are we even right. trying? Let's just put yeah. it out there how it is. Let's be real. Let's connect. Yeah. Let's let everyone feel like we're yeah. in this together and we're helping yeah. each other out. Like you're fault. You're down. Let me help you up. I'm done. You help me up. Like, why are we trying to act like somebody we have it together? I, I can't anymore. I can't do that. Exactly. Like, well, I'm, if it makes you feel better, I'm just wearing shorts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't I'm really in a sweatshirt. Together, I don't really have it all together. <laughs> I didn't want to put that vibe out there, but yeah, I think, you know, um, I will say for me, um, and I don't know about your your boy or or, or couples that, that have musicians in their family. I my entire adult life um, has been traveling and touring, and and uh, most people in their lives really crave adventure. And I think some of us who've been doing it as long as we have you crave for a little bit of uh, structure, a little yeah. consistency, uh -huh. a little consistency. Like I can plan what I'm going to eat this week or yeah, yeah. I'm going to get, I know when I'm going to bed mm -hmm. uh, or, or I can actually work out like this. Um, now I'm not saying I do all those things because I'm still a procrastinator stuck in the body of a perfectionist, but it, I, I, I have never had this ever mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I'm home uh, I can write a little bit. I don't have any, you don't have any excuses. You know, it's like, I can do all those things I kept busting about. I can write today or I can go out to that state park over there today, or I can take the kids out and, you know, beam them in the head with a football or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, like, but it's, it's, I've never had time like this. So I'm trying to um, appreciate that part of it, but it's some weird stuff, man. It's some weird stuff. It is, man. Ken, I I would talk to you forever, but I'm not going to steal all your time because I know, I, I know you have so much. You have so many other things to do with your day besides <laughs> talk to me. But I do have just like a couple more questions, and one of them being yeah, yeah. your your winter. That is like truly yeah. one of the my favorite songs in the entire world. What inspired that song, and how do you get that emotion in your voice when you sing it? Because like, I, it's going to weird you out how many times I've listened to that song. I just love that song so much. Well, I'll make it funny for you then, if that's. Okay. <laughs> the way you listen to that track. Um, first, I'll talk about writing it. Okay. Um, I did not write it about me. I wrote it about, um, I, I, won't, I won't throw them under the bus, but they're both uh, people that are known by a lot of people now. We were, they weren't at that time. We were just close. Um, but, but they were in a relationship, and, and they really loved each other. But, man, for some reason, they just couldn't get it together. They were misreading each other um it just wasn't it wasn't as it should be and so anyway 
I sat in, in next to a pool in a day's in in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We were still in a van and trailer and I started writing that song. And um, by the time it got done, I, th I thought, man, I got one. I like this. Um, uh, I kind of felt like it felt like um, was that Matchbox 20 push. Mm, kind of had mm, a little bit of that mm -hmm, feel, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know. Um, but uh, so we, we had made this little tape. I mean, a cassette tape on at Andrew's house. And somehow, I have no idea how this happened. It got in the hands of the music director for that movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. Right? So they flew us out to L.A. And we were at Ocean Way out there. And, and uh, they had a producer. And we had um, Beck's dad came in with string section. And um, I loved the way it came out. Anyway, I, I might have a little bit of a list. Right. And sometimes it'll come out. First time it came out, I was on a song called Concede. And it, the bridge is, I'll be your jester, be your fool. And I'm like, I'll be your jester, be your fool. So, and so they made fun of me forever that. Well, the line, first line of your winner is, the gray ceiling on the earth. Well, it's lasted for a while. And I sat in there for three hours. I'm not kidding in that booth. <laughs> Gray feeling on the earth. Well, it lasted for a while. I couldn't get it. He goes, he goes, you're doing it again. I'm like, no, I'm not. And I'd be so mad. I'd be like, run it again, run it again. Gray feeling on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible, man. It was so frustrating. But I love the way that that song came out. Oh, it's perfect. Um, it's a perfect it, song. Oh, thank you very much. And one of the first people I played it for was Lynn Oliver. Do you know Lynn? Mm -mm. Um, Lynn and Chris Cappy, they managed Luke Combs now. Oh, yeah, 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 Cappy. Cappy, and Cappy was a, Cappy I've known since he was in college. We were, we were, we've been really good friends ever since Hazel got started. He, he booked us to play at, I want to say it was Emory or somewhere in Atlanta. And we became fast friends and uh, he worked for the band. He worked for the Rock Boat, Six Man. And anyway, Lynn, who works there with him, um, we had sent uh, our first record up there to try to get on the first, on a little run with Hootie. And they were just kind of taking off. And um, we didn't hear back, didn't hear back. And Lynn called down and she said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, we can't give you those dates, but I love your CD and everyone in the office, we can't take it out. Uh, we're listening to it. This is our first little white record. And she goes, so I want to help you. Have you been able to get to Carolinas yet? And I was like, no. And she goes, I'm going to book you shows up here. So she booked us at Rockefeller's, the Elbow Room, and then got us over to Bobby Ross at a Windjammer and Pile of Palms. Yeah, yeah. And we would go up and spend the night at her house. And for years, we'd just go up, spend the night at her house. And, man, all those connections. I see these people I've known all that long, and they're still impacted in the music world. It's a lot of fun to see. Well, I think that like there's a it's an energy like even everyone and Marie Osmond actually told me this and I've never forgotten it. She's like you everyone's on a different ride on the elevator or the escalator and like some are going up, some are going down and it shifts, but you always kind of meet in the middle. So it's just like that energy that draws people together in the music industry. Like everyone's kind of moving at different paces, but you're all drawn to this force field and it's all yeah. meant to be, you know, it's really cool. It's a really magical thing. It is. It's there's a there is a some kind of consciousness, some kind of thing we're all a part of, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. And 
and it it if you're as they say in your world in the manifesting world if you're vibrating at the right speed you're going to find other stuff like that and i mean who hadn't had that happen whether totally. they're calling it whether they're calling it manifesting for manifestation it doesn't matter. That's what it is. You yes, know? exactly. So, whether you know it or not. Whether you know it or not. Those coincidences and mm -hmm. those. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm not okay. that fruity, you guys, but I get it. I know. I, I love it. Okay, so two more questions. I'm going to wrap up and I'll let you go. Okay. This has been such an amazing interview for me, like truly a bucket list moment. I'm so thankful we got to talk. I love oh, getting to hear I, I your heart and story. Um, oh, cool. What has being a husband and parent changed about you and taught you? Hmm. Well, I, I had a lot, a lot of time to think about that recently. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that always, always, they have been more important to me than anything else. And um, I think because I lost a brother as a teenager, I really feel that things can be finite. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're, and, you know, just the fact that, uh, mine are, mine are now 15, 17, 20, and they're, they're all healthy. That was right. The time period where our house got turned upside down, mm -hmm. but they're all healthy. They're happy. They're athletic. They're funny. Um, I got to spend this time at home with my wife and we, people keep talking about the big fights they're having. We haven't really had that. So I feel really lucky about that. Um, it's, it's, that it, that big thing that I need isn't out there. It's already here. So I know that. Um, and I feel that. And there's, you know, today, if you told me we were going to go play on, you know, Jimmy Kimmel next week, I'd be like, cool. And they go, but do, would you rather hang out with your family at the beach that weekend? I'd be like, I might rather, <laughs> might rather do that. And that would sound crazy, right? But No, it doesn't. You, it doesn't, it doesn't at all. And that's a beautiful place to be. What a, what a great a place, place to be. be. It is a beautiful place to be. So I, you know, I, I'm, I really do feel lucky. Um, I'll feel luckier when I get all this back, um, which I'm going to do. It's just taking time oh, and yeah. uh, all that voice stuff. But um, my, my kids and my wife have always been, I, I made the right choices and I got lucky in the right ways. That's awesome. And we didn't talk about Rock the Boat because you're one of the first ones to okay, start the Rock cruises. Yeah. yeah, we started it. We, we carved out that niche. So and those are after, awesome. Aren't they cool? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, all right. So, here's the, the cliff notes. Okay. Um, we got our big platinum record uh, for somewhere more familiar. And our fans were – we had one of the first message boards mm. that you could kind of get on. And that, that was really a big deal. And uh, they wanted to do something with the band. And so we all were trying to figure out what to do, what to do. And if you ask different members of the band, everyone takes credit for different pieces of it. Um, I'll take credit for saying we got to do something. Yeah, um, yeah. Mark, our drummer, had worked on cruise ships and had brought it up. And Andy Levine, who uh, run six, ran Six Man, he was our ma manager. Sorry, I'm talking too fast. He was our manager, and he was the – his company's called Six Man because mm -hmm. he was the sixth man of the band. Oh, right? So, okay. Right? So, um, Andy happened to be on an airplane next to a travel agent and said, hey, we're thinking about doing something. What do you think? And she said, well, why don't you, why don't you take a half a ship and sell the cabins? So, 
we said, let's do it. So we did it. We took half a boat. Um, we took one other band, Dexter Freebish, and it was awesome. We played like two shows. People loved it. Yeah. I got off the boat. And I looked at Andy and I went, we're on to something. Yes. And the second year, chartered a whole boat, had like 28 bands, oh. and turned it into a festival. We have not sailed. Uh, uh, it's sold out every year. This is the 21st year. I don't know of any festival or even event that has gone on um, outside of award shows that have gone on that long. So y'all started the cruise ship uh, Rock the Boats. We started it. We had a, we own it. We own we own half, uh, half of us and half six man. So every so, band that does a cruise ship experience, everyone tour? everyone that does. So we only own the Rock Boat, which is the first one, uh, and then Andy expanded six man and does the other ones so wow. he owns those but that was all but y'all started all it. Bull. we started oh it yeah that is epic yeah. i mean because every band yeah. does those now i mean that's so cool it, yeah, how cool to cool? be like the legend the legends that started it that's amazing yeah it's one of those le legacy things that yes you know we'll be able to look back on and go uh that's a niche that we started and and we didn't call it the sister hazel boat which we could have done we wanted it to be about the, some of the parts, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep. We mm -hmm. wanted it so every year people came on and you bring on some few headlines. We want you to come on because you know a headliner, but we want you to leave because you found your next favorite band. Oh, I love that. So we that. have this mix, this mix of younger bands and female artists and uh, genre all over the map. Because that's kind of how I, I like to listen to music. That's so um, cool. So you got to come. It's, it's oh, oh yeah, I love it. That's so awesome. We had to move it this year because of the. Because of all the COVID, it was supposed to go in January. Um, it's set for next November, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Oh we'll yeah, get there eventually. Heck yeah! Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I freaking love that. That's so cool. Okay, I wrap every interview with "Leave Your Light." What do you want people to know? I want people to know, um, with regards to our band, that um, that we take very seriously. Um, the role we play in people's lives and that we want to use our platform for good. And, and it has been an honor to be plugged into all these different um, causes that are worthy uh, or to show up at places and just lighten people up. But the one that has meant the most to all of us is uh, lyrics for life, which I started for my brother. We've all lost people to cancer. Um, we've raised over $3 million for children's cancer research and programs that help those families. And we opened a kid's camp called Camp Hazelnut, where we scholarship in about 120 of these kids and families to go out for a three-day weekend in the cabins, just like summer camp. They do archery, uh, canoeing, rope climbing. We have parties and luau's, and they write songs with us. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're in a band and you have opportunities, Take your platform and make it about more than you. That's where the rubber meets the road. And uh, we've been really lucky to be able to impact people in a lot of different ways. Wow. Ken, thank you so much for sharing your heart Thanks with me. Thanks for having me. Sharing your journey, your story. You are truly, you know, like they always tell you, don't meet people that you really like love yeah. and look up to because yeah, it could yeah, be yeah. like a massive letdown. Yeah. You exceeded yeah. all expectations. Now, like now, my, my love for you and Sister Hazel has just amplified. This is such a treasure I, and treat to me. I had a great time talking to you as well. It was a great interview. And 
We had fun. Right? Heck yeah. Oh yeah, That's it was the best. Out. It was so great. Then you and I will catch up soon, all right? Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you so you much, it. Ken. Bye. Uh, Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.